Welcome, East Glenville Community Church. Uh, This is Jessica Munn here, your host for episode four of So, I Have a Question. Uh, Today we have Pastor Mitch, and we also have our guest, uh, Greg Bandy. Hi, Greg. Hi. How are you, Jessica? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, so we're talking this uh, Tuesday about the sermon that Greg gave on Sunday, which was, what month are we in? October? October October 5th. Yes. Third. Today's, Today's the, fifth. the fifth. On the third. On Thank the you. Third. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I, I'm going to get us started. Uh, so, Greg, I have a question. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you mentioned in your discussion or talk uh, that struck me was you said that our culture right now is no longer in a season of harvest. Mm-hmm. Or is no longer ready for the harvest. Mm-hmm. Can you expound upon that? What sure. do you mean by that? You know, a statement like that is, of course, a generalization. So are there some people that are ready to receive Christ? Sure. But as a as a group of people, the people that we live with here in the Capital District, they have been moving away from the gospel for years. Um, I grew, I'm 64. When I grew up, there was Billy Graham. There was different mm-hmm. things going on. And, and there were, the people in America were far more churched. And they were far more aware of the scriptures. Um, They were inclined to believe there was a God. They were inclined to to give God the benefit of the doubt and the scriptures the benefit of the doubt. So you could come to them and go from an initial conversation and share something like the four spiritual laws or the bridge illustration, and it would pull together enough information that they could say, yeah, I think I want to receive Christ. Mm. Today, you share something like that, and they'll probably cut you off halfway through it because that's religious. I don't want to talk about God. And uh, and so it it people are, are needing to have some of that background established. Um, I have noticed that it's far more common to see somebody coming from a Catholic background, mm. and they have a preparation that they believe there is a God. They believe in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. They believe in the Word of God and have an elevated view of it. Um, they may not have all the pieces put together, and so somebody can explain the gospel to them. They're very often able to say, yeah, yeah, that that makes sense. Um, So that's kind of what I meant by that. And if I can chip in, I I think of churches. You got me thinking a new way even just now. Churches that, that were confused by that. They would have ways that they would try to reach people that worked. Um, I knew a lot of churches in my old area that would, they'd love to do revivals Mm. and they kept doing revivals because in the day it worked. And then it just was a lot of work for their church. And all they did is gather other Christians (laughs) and it was no longer reaching people. And there's a real struggle to switch things because of that. And um, so Greg, I have a question. Okay. And it's different than what I, I said. You in your sermon, I love the the analogy you talked about. You spread out all that seed, but it never had a chance to take root because the ground wasn't prepped. Yeah, which is kind of where we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, what would it look like for God to prepare the ground so that the seed would start to go? Do you have any thoughts on that? That's a big picture. That, one, but... that is a big picture question, and. I don't know that I have a concise answer, uh-huh. but I think, um, you know, a while back you showed a, a 
a list of minus 10 to 10 and then mm -hmm. or to 1 and then from 1 to 10 and the minus 10 to 1 was people who they're not even sure there's a god they don't know anything you know the spiritual stuff is doesn't enter their mind and so there's a progression and and you could make those that list different people have different lists mm. and end up in the same location of receiving Christ um to me, moving somebody through that is a progression. And so the sowing, I think, necessarily has to include there is a God mm. who is not silent. He's spoken. Mm. Uh, very different than than the religions around us. Mm. Is that Christianity has a vocal God. And, and uh, that's been captured in the scriptures. And in the person of Jesus, we can know who that God is and what he's offering to us. Hmm. Um, there's, you know, people don't have a hard time believing in man's inhumanity to man. That's true. There's mm -hmm. a, there, I don't find that people struggle with the notion of sin. They don't like that term because of the preloading of the religious context. Mm -hmm. The religious wording makes it tough. Yeah. But people, they... They, in fact, I think there's a lot of people that are in more the progressive movement that are, um, that are very sensitive to how we treat things, or the stewardship of the land and the and the mm -hmm. climate, the the treatment of animals. Um, right. They have a strong sense of something being right or wrong. Yeah. But not a, a framework of about God to fit it into. Right. And, yeah. I think the other thought on the preparing the ground is there may have been that time when the ground was generally prepared. And now it probably really is more of a one-on-one -on -one that was kind of in the was, individual's yeah. life. Yeah, that was what I was kind of referring to yeah. in the first part. Some families are better at that than others. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, yeah, it can really vary, I think. Hmm. So I have a different question. Mm -hmm. Back to... A second part of your your sermon caught me by surprise. You you use the word insiders mm. in a different way than I had been thinking of it. Okay. So in the passage, it talks about walking in wisdoms towards outsiders. Yes, and that's outsiders to the church. Outsiders to the church. So I was thinking insiders being church insiders, mm -hmm. but you used it in this sermon, talking about um, you're an insider in some other grouping. Yes. Whether it's work or... Yes. You're an insider with the outsiders. Yes. <laughs> and, yeah. And that that gives you at, at least some footing right. to to bear witness within that. Am I right in thinking, though, that each each group you might be an insider of would have rules or constraints that you have to stay within, whether written or even more likely unwritten? They each have their own culture. Uh huh. You know, they come, you know, if you're all of us end up becoming a newbie into a group and they have an established set of relationships and a certain, you know, ethos, you know, mm -hmm. the way that they interact with each other, what's important, what's valued. Mm -hmm. um, and you may or may not fit to that group, but if you are accepted into it, there's an awful lot of unspoken rules. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think that. That building of trust is not a gimmick or a, a trick, or a, it's it's a genuine thing. Is that I, mm -hmm. I genuinely have a friendship with you. Your mm -hmm. friendship is real to me. It's it's not for a purpose. 
it's because we're friends and uh-huh. I enjoy you as a person and um, you know as you get to know me you'll find out that Jesus is really a important part the, the hope I have in him uh, fires every cylinder of my engine yeah but, but not you and that's okay you know and so we may end up talking about what I think and believe and we may talk about what you think and believe I think the preparation of the ground happens in in that kind of a context predominantly for somebody who is an insider you're an insider because they've accepted you into the group and you're part of what they do whether it's a work group where you're kind of thrown together or whether it's more like the bowling league I was talking about Mm -hmm. um, or a family you know you're an insider to a family and so it just it's kind of a handy notion in my mind to think of myself as um, my my relationships are very real and they account for something. Hmm. What I was thinking about from that was that if I think sometimes we might feel pressure to be so vocal in our witness mm-hmm. that we feel like we need to break the constraints mm. of the unwritten rules and and do that. Jessica, why do you, why would that be harmful in the end, or why why would that? I mean, I think that it, in some ways, it almost it can break trust, uh-huh. um, because like you can, I think a lot of times you can feel like somebody else could interpret your action of breaking that constraint as being pushy, trying yeah. to push something onto you. Uh, so yeah, that's what, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It could also be misinterpreted. Um, but and that's not always the case. Sometimes it's good to break the constraints a little bit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's good to step outside. Um, but I think that that's why a lot of times it's easiest to remain within and to show that you are just as much of a, a person and a human in that group as they are. Uh-huh. But yet in it's like this contrast of the but yet you're so different because you believe in a God. And as I love how Greg said it, um, like Jesus is the one who fires up all of my cylinders and or cells or whatever. Yeah, mm. but hope we have in him. Yeah. yeah. The um you know, I think that's true. I think the that trust is a is a big deal. Um but at the same time I feel if I'm gonna have a genuine relationship with somebody, I'm gonna share <clears throat> stuff that's going on. Mm-hmm. So if somebody nobody did, but if somebody had asked me, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? I you know, one of the things I could have easily talked about and I wouldn't have had a problem saying, Well, I, I ended up preaching a message at church. Mm-hmm. What? And I would have stopped right there because it maybe yeah. would be a follow-up question or maybe it would yeah. be, ooh, did you watch any football? You know? <laughs> right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. if they did, I would be perfectly okay with that. I call those me, I own my own message. Mm-hmm. So I'm allowed to talk. You know, if we're if we're swapping stories, hey, you know, I, I mowed the lawn. Oh, yeah, I had to clean out my pool. Oh, I've never owned a pool. You know, what did you do? I... When hiking, oh, I preached a message. You did what? You know, uh-huh. it, it, to me, I, I, you're sharing. Yeah. I'm sharing. We're sharing. You're allowed you know, to be yourself. I'm allowed yeah. to be myself, which yeah. is a huge. That was very liberating for me yeah. personally because it took a lot of that pressure off mm-hmm. of trying to broach a conversation. I, I had a situation uh, this spring that made me laugh because of of the guys come out. We drove out to uh, to. Uh, Cape Cod together to go golfing, and uh, I don't, I couldn't tell you how it happened, but we started to talk about about my faith, and so we were then swapping stories back and forth, and golly, we talked about our faith 
each of us different, you know, aspects and compare and contrasting for, I don't know, 90 minutes. Mm. And at the end of that, he goes, I would have never guessed you were such a devoted believer in Christ. <laughs> I said, is that a good thing? He goes, yeah, actually, because you're you're not stereotypical. Mm. You know, you didn't give off that vibe, you know. And I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what that vibe is. You know? <laughs> but I understand what he means. Yeah. Um, not having grown up in a Christian environment, I kind of get it. Yeah. I've said this before, but I do kind of play a little game when I do like my bike tours where I try to avoid giving away that I'm a pastor <laughs> until I have to. Yep. Just to, so I can interact as a person right. first and then, but I, I won't lie. So when they ask, I say, yeah, I'm a pastor right. or why'd you move there? You know, and um, so sometimes you go, a little, <laughs> yeah, but I think you try to get a little real conversation right. before they peg it as you know, religious type, religious type. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they're really embarrassed because of how they, <laughs> then I try to reassure them. It's no big deal. Or, yeah. yeah. Or it's like when, especially college students, when I talk with them and especially if there's somebody I, I've met through the Christian club, I volunteer at, uh-huh. and then like, I see them later and I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? Like the first thing out of their mouth is always like, I'm sorry, I haven't been there. And I'm like, guys, I don't really care. Like, I just want to actually get to know how you as a person are doing. And like, sure, you know, knowing how you as a person are doing also means talking about spiritual things, but that's not my intent to make sure like... Their attendance. Yeah, your attendance and to make sure that you are diligently, you know, being a perfect Christian all the time mm. by whatever definition you think that looks like. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. But, okay. I had a thought, but it's gone. So I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, wait, hold on. It's coming back. Okay, so it's related. Uh, so something that we were trying to just talking about is, or something you mentioned in our discussion right now about... Uh, being the insider and like, mm-hmm. uh, oh my goodness, words. Uh, nope. Okay. Uh, okay. The fitting inside the box or the rules. Right. You mentioned that you know pretty much not trying to make people feel like a project, mm-hmm. and you mentioned that in your sermon too, mm-hmm. and I loved just just stuck with me the idea of turning like putting a salt flat on top of someone right and so uh you know you were talking about how instead of doing that we should just be seasoned with salt make it natural be ourselves Mm -hmm. so how do we know because you know sometimes even being with being ourselves Mm -hmm. it involves taking a risk sure um and so how how do we know like when when is it a risk that's like you know super even like we feel too forced and it's just like super forceful on another person mm-hmm. or if it's a risk that like feels super scary for us but is actually like a good risk and just right. the right amount of salt right tough question to answer because i think what will the relationship bear mm-hmm. um i'm more likely to be more bold with the guy in the seat next to me on an airplane that i'll never see again <laughs> yep right um Versus the person I'm going to work with for the next five years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very different. And uh, so, you know, I, I don't intend to build a relationship with a long-term relationship with the guy in the next seat. I really don't. But the person at work, 
that just has a different set of rules about it. So what will the relationship bear? What what have they offered that helps me understand mm. where they're at? Mm. At some point, it becomes you know reasonable to ask a question of somebody, but too many questions becomes overbearing. Mm. You know, so I think there's a part where we have to be sensitive to how we are coming across coming across or handling our mm. our interest and whatnot um you know I, I think it's one of those things where with some people at work i have a really easy rapport mm -hmm. and other people i have a very it's a very matter of fact kind of thing and i don't push it mm. i don't push it um i do find this is a phrase that i really like it life happens and so, you know, there may not be any interest, no interest, no interest, no interest, and you've just been working alongside. And they can see, if you've been applying the things that Christ wants you to apply, mm -hmm. you're honest, you're kind, you're truthful, you're hardworking, you're doing those things that are Christianly, right? Without, without sticking it in people's face. It's just who you are. It's just how you operate. And life happens. It's amazing how often you're trusted. Mm. And they'll share with you. Mm -hmm. And so you're in a you're in a unique position because you're an insider, and you've been uh, an honest Abe about the way you walk with Jesus. Then you ring true. If you end up ha end up in the process of that, even just saying, "Well, I will pray for you," they probably are pretty confident you will, mm -hmm. whether they believe there's a God or not. Mm -hmm. They appreciate that, and they kind of reinterpret that to, "He'll think nice thoughts on me," right? Mm which is the other phrase you hear a lot these days. <laughs> um, so I feel like, you know, that's part of it is gauging, having the, the awareness to gauge how how you're being received mm -hmm. and, and what the relationship will bear. Yeah, and sometimes to gauge that well, you have to throw something out. Right. You have to test the waters a little right. bit. So and that's where your own life, you know, hopefully there's enough going on in your walk with Christ and in life it, itself where you can share a little bit about who you are. Mm -hmm. but like I said, I think that's okay. I think that's in the unsaid rule list that it's okay for me to occasionally talk. I've been talking to one guy at work about my kitchen and my kitchen and more about the kitchen and mm -hmm. golf a little bit and traveling here and there and whatnot. Will it ever get to a place where there's a genuine conversation about Christ? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm not, I've chosen not to worry about the outcome. Mm. And just so yeah. generously. Just mm -hmm. continue to be there. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's something too. I know that I've been taught through university is that like, it's not typically, I know we've talked about this, Greg, typically mm -hmm. it's not that one person brings someone from, you know, from way far away from a negative 10 way far away from where jesus is to a follower of jesus and right. a disciple and so you might just be tilling the ground or aerating the ground mm -hmm. as you used in your illustration and yeah. someone else is going to come along and actually be the one that throws right. the seed that sticks right and you may never see that right and so letting yeah leaving it in god's hands mm -hmm. and just being yourself and making this a part of who you are yeah that's why that passage in John 4, I think it's verse 38, is so helpful. You know, Jesus is talking about the harvest, but others have done the hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you have entered into their labors. And then he says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Mm -hmm. Send labors into the field. Well, we have always 
at least I have, always been taught that's harvesters. Mm. Hmm. But I have begun to think that Jesus was thinking a little more broadly. Yeah. Well, and he was specifically speaking about the situation with the Samaritans where they were ready for the harvest. They yeah. were. So, But that was... But for Christians ongoing, we're going to find ourselves in different seasons mm-hmm. of of the world. Of yeah. the you know, we're called to know the day we live in, mm-hmm. and know the times that we live in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have so I have another question. Sure. Um, in your notes, it says live as though everything is sacred. Could you could you speak a bit more about what that means? Yeah, there. Probably the best illustration is my friend Barry. Um, God bless his soul. He passed away a couple of years ago, but I got to know him um, and talk to him for better part of a year, maybe a little over a year, not having ever met the guy. He lived in Utica, uh-huh. and uh, he would he and I would talk every Wednesday night, and did for a while. And he was a perfect example of somebody who had two worlds in his head. The world he had, he was forced to participate in, which was at work. Mm. And then he would work all day, and he was a good worker, and he'd go out to his car, and that's where he'd be spiritual. And he would have time with God, and that that time counted, praying and reading his Bible. Then he'd have to go back and work again. And he had several areas like that, where he had this sacred, secular thing where the secular stuff was not valuable his mm. work didn't matter to god mm. um his you know some of the hobbies he was doing he did them because he liked them but he wasn't sure they counted and god really liked him. what he, god liked was prayer god mm. god liked him to mm. to you know serve the old lady or whatever to open the door but you know when he's enjoying doing a, a hobby well he's not so sure god was big on that and so we just spent time pouring over different scriptures and looking at that and, mm. and the, the essence of that was everything is sacred from the time you wake up even while you're sleeping it's all sacred whatever you do work at it for the Lord and, and work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord yeah yeah right and so you know the things those passages that were below the line are every day all the time kind of things and so if I choose, like I had to be today with one of my coworkers, patient. And, you know, there, I, I, I felt like I, I had to correct this coworker a couple, in a couple areas. Like I've had to do pretty much every month for about two years. There's an attention to detail thing there. Mm-hmm. By faith, I continue to correct gently and give direction and move on. I don't copy his boss. I don't make a big deal out of it. I, I, if necessary, I'll work around the edges on it so that you know some of the other stuff gets covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, that that really works, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it is a way that I can see that I'm I'm walking with Jesus in that relationship. So, to me, that's a by faith thing. So now all of a sudden, my interactions with this coworker is by faith, and that's a walk with Jesus kind of thing. Hmm. It's sacred. Sounds right to me. Yeah, so that's kind of how my head goes on that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's bandiology or scripture. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, God uses every part of our life, and 
Um, another verse that comes out, everything God created is good is meant to be enjoyed mm-hmm. and received with joy. Right. Like Very good, he said of people. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jessica, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, uh, Greg gave four challenges. I was wondering if one of those spoke to you for for something that you, you would work on or... Yeah. Do. So so to be honest, I have yet to do the the first two. Um just because uh it's been a busy week. So well I think I... Greg gave us permission to pick which one. <laughs> oh pick which one. Yeah. So he he's not a hard nose, you know. No. One out of the four. I think I was gonna pick one of the first two though. <laughs> <laughs> just because for me, um I'm usually pretty intentional about my friendships mm. with people. Uh, and so I, I have kind of, I, I know myself well enough to know that I have kind of maxed out my friendship capacity at the moment mm. with the, the people that I am investing in and keeping tabs on. Um, and then the, the non-church areas, mostly that is work for me right now, just mm-hmm. because I'm doing things like this and I'm doing stuff at Union too. So, I mean, some some of the stuff I do at Union, uh, like I'm technically part of, well, not technically, I am part of the Religious Life Board, which means that I meet with all the re- other religious advisors on campus. So that's that's one area where I am definitely feel stretched and am growing and learning a lot about the other, um, how the others approach um, the life with their faith. Okay. Um but yeah, that's kind of, I, I know myself well enough to know that I, because yeah, my issue is always overextending myself. And mm. so knowing when to say, I can't actually deepen any friendships if I have too many mm-hmm. um, is very, something I've learned okay. over the years. But yeah. I was thinking the fourth one is one where I, I haven't had anything outside of East Glenville for this first year. Mm-hmm. Well, now Ben's in cross country. And so I think there's a meeting Thursday night and there's a invitational that I'm signed up to help with. And nice. so I, I have an area now where I might actually talk to people. And in fact, um, Bruce Cooper's also, you know, Alan's running. So <laughs> I try not to just talk to Bruce, but also the other parents. And yeah. so I'm kind of excited just to even that little thing of yeah. meeting people there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So I've got another question. Um, and this is kind of, so Mitch already mentioned the, one of the love and walk quote unquote skills mm-hmm. that you kind of ended with. Um, he mentioned the live as though everything is sacred. The other ones you said were like, love your neighbor, engage people and encourage one another in sewing. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, I feel like that is almost, you're almost painting a picture as to what a Christian should look like or like should live out their life. But but it's just, I find it interesting that, you know, some of the typical Christian-y things we think of, like reading our Bibles and prayer, um, aren't listed here. Mm-hmm. Could you maybe expound on that a little bit? Sure. The... I know any number of believers who are following Jesus very earnestly and, and successfully, They, if they do that, they're reading their Bibles and they're praying. Mm. And they are developing a heart for Christ and, and they're reading the scriptures and the Holy Spirit's plucking this string and that string and trying to 
mm-hmm. um, work on them. Um, you know, and then they come to church and they hear messages from Mitch or from me and they hear from, you know, podcasts and they're encouraged to go and do different things. And so I think those kinds of things happen, you know, relative to this area, this is kind of a call to those who know and follow Christ. Mm. Um, it's if somebody is ignoring Jesus, this is going to be harder for them to apply in some ways. I was, I'm guessing that in a congregation this size, there's some who are hearing this message and feeling a desire to to figure this out more and that it's applicable and relevant to them. There's other people who are sitting in our church who listen to it and think, that's not for me. Mm. And and I think there could be a number of reasons for that. I don't intend to be judgmental on that. I just, mm. it's not for them. And it could be it's not for them now. Mm-hmm. Or the Holy Spirit just hasn't made that an issue in their lives yet. And I'm a real big believer that, you know, we can come up with all sorts of applications for the other guy, right? <laughs> but the Holy Spirit may be working on something deeper, longer term. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I think that's one of the beauties of a church like this is that, there is an ebb and a flow. People come and they go. They, they rise to it. And sometimes they can be buoyed up by the by the whole. And that's kind of the hope is that we're we're encouraging and building one another up in the faith, not just rah rah stuff, but in the faith in Christ, so that there's a desire, mm. and actually found a way to follow Jesus a little better as me, you know, whoever I am. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. How's our time? Yeah, so we still have a little bit of time. So So I this could be for either of you just as you're talking. I mean, part of what we're trying to do is how do you encourage each other in the church even just to learn how? Hmm. And is there any thoughts on that? Like how do you help maybe a newer Christian or someone who's just, just even not sure? What are the things that help people? be able to do this better, learn to be good sewers. Yeah, I know, I know for me, what's been helpful is hearing other people's stories and experiences. Okay. Cause, um, I mean, I, I was in, I was in some training and they had a psychology example where they talked about a, it's not the best story, but a plane crash landed into a river and the people didn't have, they didn't have the correct amount of life vests. And so people were drowning and there's a bunch of people on a bridge overhead that we're all standing there watching, helpless. Mm. And the guy said, you know, actually, every single car on that bridge that was stopped had a spare tire. And that spare tire could have worked as a life preserver. But none of them thought of it in the moment because that's our brain, they were just so taken aback by what they were seeing, their brain wasn't thinking critically. Mm. But now that I've told you that story, you will never forget it. And so if you ever find yourself in that situation, your brain is going to just remember like, oh, wait, the spare tire. And so for me, what I found is that hearing other people's stories mean that when I find myself in a similar situation, I can go, oh, wait, so-and-so found themselves in this situation and they did this. Or I can hear someone else's story and I can say like, oh, wait, that's actually something that I can do. Um, so for me, sharing simple, simple stories, and it can even be as simple. My sister just told me, I was chatting with her on Saturday. Um, so she's a college student. And so she was explaining that one of her friends, um, I can't remember how they got on the conversation topic, but she mentioned that one of her favorite characters in books of the Bible is Esther. 
And so uh, she then proceeded to just ask the simple question like, oh, do you know the story of Esther? And her friend was like, actually, I don't. They were just getting lunch. And so my sister over lunch just casually explained the story of Esther to her. Mm. And so like it's like something as simple as that, where it's like, I would have probably never thought of that question on my own unless the holy spirit just like dropped it in my brain in the moment which he does that too right but now that like now it's in my brain like oh that's a good thing to ask okay it's kind of like philip to the ethiopian yeah (laughs) Mm. the other thought i have with that and this is something i try to do is is a is address apologetic arguments Mm. Like within the message, like how does this show the truthfulness or how might how might this help you respond to someone who's asking this question? Mm-hmm. And what would help me is to hear more what are the questions outsiders to the church are asking? Mm-hmm. You know, there and there's the classics, you know, well, why so much pain in the world? And some of those are really hard to answer, but you can formulate something. But um, I think trying to just listen well to what, people are asking and have questions and that fit that or answers that fit that i mean mm-hmm. yeah it's there's a couple of thoughts that run through my head at the same time it's always dangerous uh-huh. the um i was reading a, a newsletter from somebody and they were in their neighborhood and they moved into the neighborhood and the neighborhood is fairly established but they're kind of the new people and uh my friend doesn't like fences didn't like the fences that were there because they're all like stocky mind your own business kind of fences and so he was he made that remark to somebody and his conscience really was stricken partly because of the reaction that he got from the individual but as he processed it he realized who am i the new guy to come in and judge their values of having Mm -hmm. these fences there may be good reasons for it like if you have a pool and you, by law, have to have a fence. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and there yeah. could have been a history that led to those fences or there could have, you know, whatever. Mm. Um, you know, so, you know, he had to repent and he had to apologize mm. because he wanted to be a faithful presence in that neighborhood, not a, not a judgmental one. Mm-hmm. And as I thought about that, there's so many polarizing issues in our day that, you know, we may have a polar view on it. In fact, it's hard not to in certain cases. But for the sake of of sowing, do we trot that out every time we have opportunity? Mm. I, I think that's unwise. Mm. I think that there's times, and I used the illustration where I was walking backwards. You keep your eyes on Jesus. And I call it walking backwards. I learned this actually when I was working in a warehouse Our warehouse had a big chain link fence that went all the way to the ceiling of this warehouse. So it had to be 35, 40 feet high. And on the other side of the fence was the place where they repaired the vehicles. And this was a warehouse that supplied the on-base Walmart kind of place. And and they had a place where they would fix the vehicles that supported that. So there was tools and there was all sorts of stuff in there and they wanted to keep the likes of us out of there and we had all the stuff that went into the walmart kind of place so we had clothes and glasses and you know stuff and things and the guy i was working with was arguing with the guy in the in the on the other side of the fence they're arguing 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 so i 
I came over and I asked the guy a couple questions and kept asking him questions. And without, because I agreed with my partner on this issue, but I took the time to listen, listen, ask more questions till I got to where I could answer his own point of view. Mm. Then I was able to walk it back out. And I called, I, I dubbed that for myself, calling it walking backwards. I didn't change my point of view in the process, but I also didn't voice mm. it. Mm-hmm. Instead, I chose to listen and understand where he's coming from. And maybe he would turn my mind. I was always willing to let that happen. Or perhaps I can figure out how to then approach the discussion so that it's more constructive. Mm. And I think I've applied that a lot in, in terms of my relationships with everybody, whether mm-hmm. it's my child or whether it's a coworker, um, you know, to understand where they're coming from. And that goes kind of part and part with that engage yeah. Um, comment. Hmm. The um, you know coming back to the notion of of encouraging, I think we can have a role in sharing. You know, I I had this conversation and I talked to somebody, and you share it with a fellow believer, and and there can be encouragement that way. Mm-hmm. That's simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even just like, hey, I had this conversation, and I don't know if I overstepped a bound or not. Can yeah. you help me? Like, what do you? Th- what's your opinion? What do you think? Yeah. And being able to learn with each other yeah. mm. um, from our both the cool stories that have a good ending and the mistakes that have yeah. you know when you see your buddy wince yeah <laughs> so i have a closing question yep and that is so greg i i am a little confused i listened to your whole sermon and i didn't hear one reference to a superheroes movie <laughs> or to star trek <laughs> i didn't know that was possible <laughs> I William, thought all sermons had to have William at least Shatner's one. William Shatner's going into space. Okay. Did you know that? <laughs> Instead, I think you said something about a car of some I, sort. I and so I just, I guess I'm just trying to figure out as a pastor, is it, is it allowed to not reference a superheroes or heroes it, movie? It at probably least? crossed a boundary, didn't it? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe, maybe someone else needs to be limited in how many times they're allowed to... <laughs> I don't know. I still like your red buzzer. And I really, the red buzzer. Yeah, yeah, I really wish you had left it the next Sunday so that the worship team could have come up and hit it. I, I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> I worked too many years with teens. Always get that stuff to a safe spot. Like never leave water balloons around or anything else. But I think we've, we've covered what we should for tonight. I think so. Uh, Greg, thank you for joining us. It was great to have you here. You're very welcome. I'm glad to be asked to come and talk. It's good. All right. And we will see you all next week.